Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. I'm AJ Bianco from Podcast PD, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Just like this show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to episode 62 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest in Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas that you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning. And I'm Matt Miller from Ditch Fat Textbook. And oh my goodness, have we heard from all of you. We've Whoa. been... Right? We've been digging into the mailbag and the mailbag has become like mailbags because we've had so many questions and ideas and just general correspondence from all of you. And so we thought, hey, why don't we just make an entire episode out of all of these questions and all of your stuff? So we are catching up with the tribe in this episode, and we're going to be playing a whole bunch of your questions and answering them and chatting with all of you. And I'm pretty pumped about this episode. I am too. We were swimming in mail. <laughs> so if oh, we yeah. didn't get to your message, your information, wherever it was that you shared, please hang in there. But we had to create this special episode. Um, I think it's one of those things like if you ask, they will do it, right? Because yeah. we've been asking for you to leave us these speak pipes and boy, did you listen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to dive into a bunch of those as our featured content. Of course, we've got Google News and updates, and we've got some blog posts to share with you. And I am ready to start. Are you ready to start? Let's go. Um, you know, there's always something new that's happening with Google, and we've always got some really neat features that we're learning about and sharing and just all of the different projects. So uh, guess what, Matt? I'm super excited to share this first one. <laughs> Hashtag super excited. Yes, yes. So they have released a really cool update to Google Docs. And inside this update, you can do a couple of things. One that I have been needing for years is the vertical ruler inside Google Docs. And it's going to give you better table management, which is what I'm thinking about. I love tables. And yes, I do make a lot of tables in Docs, but it's really hard to get all of your, um, your what do you call them, cells the same size, right? So even if you're clicking and dragging and making each row um, larger, sometimes I, I usually just kind of eyeball it, but now you can use the ruler to get it exact and 
get all of those um, rows and columns exactly where they need to be. Now, the other thing they gave us are some new controls over the header and footer layout, which is also something that kind of drives me crazy sometimes. But you can now um, control the size of the margins inside your header and footer. And you can actually just go in like you can with regular margins and tell it exactly like, you know, 0.5 inches from the top and how many inches from the bottom. So, you know, if you've ever struggled with that, like I have sometimes trying to get it exactly the way I want it and to fit everything in there that I need, um, that's now a new feature inside Docs. Yeah, those are pretty good ones. You know, I would put the vertical ruler right up there with the guides that they just added to slides and drawings recently. I think it's in drawings anyway, but I know it's in slides. Those, you know, whenever you click on the the ruler and you drag the little line on, that takes me back to my old journalism days when I was doing newspaper design and I had those guides all over the place doing that. And um, yeah, the the fact that they're giving us some of these things that help the aesthetic value of our design, I think is is a really good thing. So next up also deals with docs and slides. And so basically what we can do now inside of docs and slides is to use the explore panel. And if you're not familiar with explore, uh, remember it's this little, um, kind of like a little speech bubble with a star in it down near the bottom of the page. And when you click on it, you get a sidebar where you can add all sorts of information and you can search and everything. Well, now just recently, now you can do a search from of the of the files within your drive and find the images that are inside of those files and pull them into other files. So picture if you have a slide presentation and you know that there is a chart inside of a spreadsheet that you have, you can now use the cloud search inside of Explore to go find that picture and go pull that chart over into your slide presentation. So this is going to save you a lot of copy and pasting or downloading or screenshotting or whatever, just to kind of link all these things together. I love that. So, you know, we could also do that under insert. You could go to insert chart and insert um, from there. But the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is you can link the data between those different files too. Oh, so that's right. That's yeah. Cool. So even once you do that, if you say have a spreadsheet that gets, you know, new data every week, six weeks, whatever it is, you can actually just refresh and get the new chart to reflect that data already in your presentation. So love it. Love it. Love yes. it. All right. I am moving on to a blog post from the keyword blog, Google's main blog, blog.google. And there is a really cool post going back to October 11th called Engineers Are Girls, the Googler behind Ara the Star Engineer. And <laughs> I, there are a lot of names in this that I may mispronounce, so please forgive me, but I'm going to try to do my best. I'm, I always struggle with names. Poor Casey always gets the tough <laughs> names to pronounce. I, I don't do. know how it happens, I, but every time she gets that. It's A-R-A, so I'm guessing Ara. It could be Ara. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to say Ara, the star engineer. Kind of got that little rhyming feature there. So on International Day of the Girl, back on October 11th, they shared the story of Kamal Singh, a Googler who was inspired by her own young daughter to write a children's book focused on engineering. And I, of course, love this idea because, you know, we're encouraging girls to get more interested 
in things like engineering and STEM and STEAM and all of those those types of, of different careers that uh, are really sort of lacking uh, some female representation. So anyway, this blog post is fantastic. It's just a little interview um, between the um, the editor here from the keyword blog and Kamal, the little girl. And there's a sweet little picture of her um, with her mother. So I love the fact that it does have its connection back to a real Googler. And um, there's some really sweet illustrations in here as well of Ara. So um, it's just a really important story. And if you're looking for something to share in your classroom to help encourage young girls. I think this would be a great book to check out and um, to add to your library as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, looking at the cover of this book, I think that the robot, the little robot character on the cover looks remarkably like the Android logo. Yes. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think so. And the fact that they've got blue, green, yellow, and red in the colors, I think there's lots of Google crossover here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Google produced this. <laughs> yeah, see how I sniff that stuff out? Pretty yeah. impressive, right? You're a sleuth, Jimmy Matt. Yeah, you got it. That's right. Okay, <laughs> last thing. I noticed this on Twitter the other day. And um, this is another one of those little bitty quick time savers, maybe even a ninja trick that you can use to impress all of your friends and students and everything is um, Google has, <laughs> when I explained this to Casey earlier, I used the word squatting. Um, Google, Google has um, made use of the, I'll, I'll explain the squatting thing in a second, I promise. <laughs> but it's made, made use of a new, um, a new domain suffix, like the, the ending that you get at the end of a, um, like a URL, like the .com, only instead of .com, now there's a new one called .new. And so when that came out, apparently Google, here's the squatting part, squatted or claimed a whole bunch of these um, web address names so that they could use them to allow their users to create brand new um, docs and slides and sheets and forms files um, just by typing it in. So here's what you do. Try typing in docs.new. Docs.new. It's actually a website, like a real URL. And if you type in docs.new, it creates a brand new Google Docs file. If you type in sheets.new or form.new or sites.new, there's a whole bunch of different variations that they've claimed or squatted on, as I said earlier. Um, so that's just another one of those new, neat little things that they're they're always coming up with. So uh, another fun thing that you can go check out. And so speaking of checkout, if you want to check any of these things out that we've talked about or get the links to the articles we were talking about, you can go to googleteachertribe.com slash 62. All right, folks, the tribe has spoken, and now it's time to hear your voices. So we've been catching up with all of these messages, these voice messages and messages through the contact form on our website and through Twitter and all of these ways that you use to contact us. And there are a bunch of them. And so we want to dig into some of these and answer some of these questions or just kind of provide our take on them. And of course, with this, as in anything else that we do. If you're listening and you've got a take on this or if you've got a different solution or something, please, please, please do share that with us. 
either by going to googleteachertribe.com and leaving us your own voice message or by typing us a little message on our contact form or by tweeting to us at the GT Tribe hashtag. So let's dive right into these. So this first one is a voice message from Amber Harper, a fellow Hoosier. Hey, Matt and Casey, it's Amber Harper from Burned In Teacher, and I'm super excited that you guys are back for another inspiring and empowering and googly season. As an EdTech consultant and Google trainer myself from Indiana, Matt, um, I work with a lot of teachers who are really feeling frustrated and left behind by educational technology and Google because of how fast it changes. So last year, I created a Google site called G Suite 123 and attached it to my website. And what it is, is it's a curation of online resources like YouTube videos and other resources from people's blogs, like you guys, um, from Ditch That Textbook and from Shake Up Learning that helps teachers to know not just how to begin to use these tools, but actually gives them ideas on ways they can use them in the classroom. So last week, I had the idea to incorporate your podcast episodes into those different pages of Google tools. So for example, if you click on Google Slides, you'll have YouTube resources and blog resources, but now you'll also get to listen to you guys teach how to use these tools in the classroom while teachers or administrators are jogging or shopping or driving. So I hope this is something that you feel is helpful to your listeners, and I just thought I should share it with you. So to get to the site, you just go to Bird to Teach com and hover over BIT EdTech and then click on G Suite 123. Hope it's helpful and thank you so much for your inspiration. Bye. So I think Amber touches on a really important thing here. I think she's right that it's so easy to feel left behind because Google does change an awful lot. And so definitely go check out this uh, this resource that she's talking about by by going to her website and finding that tab, that G Suite 123. I think that's such a great idea and so cool to know that the Google Teacher Tribe is represented on it. Oh, yeah. I took a look at this, and it's a fantastic resource. And she does have Google Teacher Tribe episodes referenced in almost every category. So I was very proud to see that and to look back and think of all of the topics that we have managed to cover together. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot. Well, I'm going to move on to our next speak pipe message. And this one comes to us from Marsha Ratzel. And she's got some questions about using virtual reality in the classroom. So take it away, Marsha. Hi, my name is Marsha Ratzel. And I love your podcast, first of all, and follow it intently. I just use the uh, arts and culture link that you suggested about space to uh, create a lesson for the sixth grade science classes in my building. Here's the question that I'm really stuck on right now. We use Chromebooks and we love things like Google Expeditions, but we don't have any access to virtual reality headphones or those mask kind of things that you wear. Do you know, are there any ways to take virtual reality trips, maybe in a 360 kind of view to learn about geography. That would be one of the NGSS uh, standards for middle school. Thank you. Marsha, Marsha, (laughs) Marsha. You had to do that, didn't you? I couldn't help it. I couldn't (laughs) help myself. Um, You are not alone. And 
let me tell you, there is an answer. So you can actually do some 360 um, viewing without VR goggles. And um, the expeditions, some some are, are geared towards that. But Carly Mora, friend of the podcast here, and uh, one we interviewed, Early, early on, she actually has a blog post that we're going to reference in our show notes for you on how to do this without VR goggles. So um, she's going to give you some tips on how you can use um, Google Expeditions in any class. So it is possible. It's very easy. There are tons of ways to view things in Street View as well. That's complete 360 um, without having to worry about the necessity of having phones and the goggles and all of that. Yeah, it's it's really a lot easier in some ways anyway than it might seem. And I tell you what, Street View is still one of those things that I think is such a quick win, such an easy way to, to plug some of these VR type experiences into class. So yeah, lots of things that you can check out. So So definitely go do that. Our next one comes from Kimberly Bender from Pennsylvania, and she's got a little bit of information for us about Google Photos. So take it away, Kimberly. Hello, hello, Google Teacher Tribe friends. I absolutely love every single thing that you put out there for us to listen to as teachers. So I listen to your podcast in the morning when I walk my dog. And it's fantastic. So it starts my day and I love getting the tips. And I can actually do a lot of things on my phone while I'm listening to that podcast because just today doing Google Photos, I started making albums and thinking about how I can put something together for my students at the end of the year. So thank you so much for that. Have a great day. Well, thanks, Kimberly, for the kind words about the show. Um, Kimberly listens to podcasts while she walks her dog. For me, I listen to them whenever I'm in the car or whenever I'm out on a run. So, you know, we've all got our different ways of, of how we consume all of these things. And I love the fact that she mentioned Google Photos. And I think she's on to something here. You know, she was talking about how um, she's thinking about what she could put together for her students at the end of the year. And I'm even thinking, after having played with Google Photos for a while, that there's all sorts of animations that you could create probably, but um, the videos or the movies I think is, is really cool where um, Google will aggregate together a bunch of video and photo clips and will overlay some music and create little movies for you. And you can pick those or you can have them kind of like auto-selected. And um, yeah, that would be such a fun way, I think, to look back on the year. Absolutely. I think Google Photos is a natural fit for those teachers who do those end of the year videos and albums and things like that. So um, I love that. And thanks for listening to us, Kimberly. We have another question here, and this one actually came from the contact form on googleteachertribe.com. And this is from Linda McKay. She says, I am such a fan of your show. I have one quick question that maybe you can help me with. My students are telling me that their Google Classroom reminders are coming to them after midnight. Is there somewhere I can adjust this? So, Linda, I'm thinking about this and I'm wondering what reminder that they're getting, first of all. Is it for an assignment? And what is the due date and time? So possibly if you're not setting a specific time, maybe it's it's defaulting to midnight for the you know, when it's due that day, 
I uh, I can't remember. So I'm also going to put this out to the tribe. So if you know what this issue is, because I don't have students that are telling me this, <laughs> that they're getting reminders at midnight. Anyone have a, a different idea? But I, I, first of all, would need some clarifying information just to go in and check what reminders are actually going off at midnight. All right. So thank you, Linda, for that question. Let's keep moving. So the next question comes from Chris Powers. He's from Madison, Wisconsin. And here's what he asks. He says, in slides, and we've had all these uh, episodes recently about slides, and we've talked about how to do uh, something like stop motion, um, stop motion animation in Google Slides, among other things. He says, is there a way to animate an object to follow a line pathway? I'm a music teacher and wanting to animate an object like a bird or a butterfly or a bee or a kite to show a voice pathway. I'd like it to go up and down, diagonally to show time and pitch, and even a loop, but if possible, but I'm not sure how to make an object follow a path. He says, I figured the GTT and the Swiss, like Google Teacher Tribe, and the Swiss Army Knife of Google should be able to do this, right? Well, Chris, not exactly. What I think you're probably thinking about, uh, maybe, and if you're not, then somebody is probably thinking about it, is that you can do animations like that on PowerPoint. I just said PowerPoint. Is that okay? <gasps> can I do that on this show? <laughs> I'll forgive you. Okay, thanks. So that is an option there. Now, you don't have the option to animate something with a line like you do on that other slide presentation software. However, what you could, of course, do is you could build the stop motion, kind of like we've talked about on this uh, show, uh, where you just duplicate a slide and then you move something a, a little bit, duplicate, move, duplicate, move, and then you can just have it move in the direction that you want it to. So you're not actually drawing a line, but eventually that object will follow the path that you create for it. So not exactly the way that you describe it, but there is kind of a little bit of a workaround. So there you go, Chris. Thanks, Chris, for that question. It is a great question. And there's different ways to animate. You know, we have talked a lot about stop motion animation, but also just using the regular animations when you're presenting is also um, part of what's in there. So I'm not sure which which specific one, or maybe you were kind of talking about both. But um, yeah, we are not duplicating exactly the same types of things that we, we had in PowerPoint. But I think what we gained in collaboration may make it stand out just a little bit more. But um, I, I think Matt did a fantastic job of answering that. So the next question we have comes from Elizabeth. Sh I've got another name. I don't know how to say. Um, how would you say that, Matt? Shop? Uh, Shap, maybe? I don't know. Shap, shop. Okay. She's from the Netherlands. Elizabeth, I apologize again. But it <laughs> is a familiar name to both of us because we've seen her in the in the hashtag and we've we've interacted with you, Elizabeth, several times. We've just never heard how to pronounce your last name. I, isn't that funny? Because I've noticed that a lot of times, like I pronounce things in my head how I think they're supposed to be pronounced, and mm -hmm. then I meet someone and it's completely different. Or <laughs> you're like, no, you're uh, saying that wrong. <laughs> and they go, No, this is my name. Uh, Sorry, I don't I don't mean to butcher your name, but thank you for the question. So it's actually a really good question. I've seen it before, and I don't know if it's from you or from someone else. But um, Elizabeth says, 
We just started using Team Drive with my colleague who teaches in a parallel class. We share files that we want to give to our students using Classroom, but we found that we cannot share files through Classroom directly to Team Drive. So we have to make a copy and then save it to our own drive before we can then add it into Classroom. Do you know why? Is there a logical reason and any idea if Google will change this? So um, let me pick up my direct line to Google and let's just ask. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> sometimes I, I feel like uh, people think we have like this bat phone and we can just ask these that questions. Would be amazing. No, I have I have seen this, but I think you have to think about what the purpose of Team Drive actually is. And the purpose, as I see it, is not just to share, because you can do that everywhere, but to make it a protected share within just the team. So you kind of have to think of it like a private group. And they're not going to let you share outside of that private group into another private group. And um, so I, I, that's how I view it anyway. And so to me, I, logically, it does make sense because of that reason, so that you want to make sure that you make that copy and put it in your folder. So I don't know if you have to collaborate inside that team drive or if you should go ahead and create just a different one where either you or your um, colleague are the owner and instead maybe would be a workaround, but I have no idea. This could change and this may not be at all, you know, maybe Google is changing this. As always, I always tell people to click the question mark in the bottom of Google Classroom and request it as a feature. So even if it's not that, maybe there's some other way that we can make the um, sharing between teachers and then sharing into classroom process a little bit easier and save you from having that make a copy step. Yeah, that only makes sense to me, but I get where you're coming from on that's not totally how Team Drive is. So it'll be interesting to see if Google addresses that in the future or if they just keep it the way that it is. All right, let's move on to another question. So this one comes from Abby Thomas from Alabama, who actually has left us a couple of voice messages here recently, but we're going to touch on this one that has to do with Google Slides. Take it away, Abby. I have a question for you about Google Slides. I'm trying to embed a video that's not a YouTube video. Is there any way to do that? Maybe an add-on or an extension? I'd love to hear your answer. Thanks. All right, Abby, good question about slides. And here's the deal. If it's not a YouTube video, you can totally insert it into your slides still. And the best way to do that is to stick it into Google Drive. Yeah, so... We got this feature, I think, maybe a little less than two years ago, the ability to add something that wasn't a YouTube video, which was huge. And a lot of teachers had been asking for that. So there's also some additional video options inside slides that people may or may not know about. So I'm going to throw a link into the show notes um, under Abby's question called four video options in Google Slides that will make your day. So you can do some other things like you can mute the audio. You can actually tell it when to start and stop. So you can actually clip a longer video inside slides. Um, so it, it's actually a, a really great thing that Google finally gave us more options with that. So um, yeah, definitely would have your students creating um, videos or, or whatever it is that they, they are working with, put those in drive, and then you can insert those into your slides. 
Okay. And our last one is actually a share from Bruce Riker. And he's sharing just another awesome way to use Google Slides. Of course, we just had two episodes, uh, episode 60 and 61, that were all about the fabulous ways that you can use Google Slides in your classroom. And he says, Matt and Casey, I have a unique way to use Google Slides. Our school does a live TV show every morning. Awesome. I have one slide deck that is the script and another slide deck for graphics and videos we play on the show. It's awesome to be able to share the script with students so they can practice before they come on the show. And it also makes life easier for me because I can update the script every day. In the past, um, he has done this with PowerPoint slides and printed them every morning. Everybody oh, gasp. All yeah, this is so much better what he's got now. <laughs> so over the past 10 years, um, he's produced over a thousand live shows. That's wow. amazing. That's so impressive, Bruce. That is. And a lot of paper. Yes. <laughs> so we are super excited to hear that you have found a really unique way to use slides that makes life easier and helps students um, prepare for this awesome live show that that you put on every day. So he has also shared his slide decks with us so that we can see that. So you can find those in the show notes, as well as all of the other questions and resources that we have mentioned so far today at googleteachertribe.com slash 62. That was a bunch of questions. And before we get to our blog post we wanted to share with you, we wanted to share that we got a couple of reviews for the show on iTunes. And if you haven't left a review for us on iTunes, we would be so grateful if you did. It does give us some feedback on how we're doing. And it also does help other people be able to find the show so they can get some some of these ideas and some of these news and updates and some of the things we talk about too. So if you haven't done that, we would love it if you did. And so we got one from Teacher Nick who says, listen today, implement tomorrow. The podcast brings practical and engaging strategies that can be implemented directly into the classroom, which is our goal. That's what we always shoot for. As I work my way to become a better teacher, I'm grateful for podcasts like these that both challenge me and provide resources to help my students grow. This is a must listen for all passionate ed tech fans. Thank you, teacher Nick. And then there's another one. It looks like is live to educate. It's got some numbers in it. And it says, your podcasts are my travel companion on every trip I make. And I travel a lot for work. You both do a great job of sharing practical ideas and Google connections for the classroom. I often have to take voice notes while listening so I can go back and review all of the information after my drive. Great idea, by the way. Thanks for what you do for all of our kids. So thank you for those reviews. Thank you so much for leaving those reviews in iTunes. And we we greatly appreciate all of you for being listeners of the Google Teacher Tribe. So the next last section of today's episode is what's going on on the blogs. So, you know, this is getting harder and harder to condense because uh, I feel like there's always something new to share, both from our own blogs and from what everybody else is doing out there. But I have a free resource that I want to share today, and it's a free webinar, actually, that it's um, on demand, and it's called How to Get Google Certified. So you may have heard Matt and I both discuss our Google certifications or other people talking about this whole 
getting Google certified things. So if you have no idea what that is, or maybe you just have scratched the surface and you really want to dig in and find out how to become either a Google certified educator level one or level two, or a Google certified trainer. I walk you through all the steps. It's completely free. It's on demand. You can watch it, um, choose a time, or you can watch a replay link there. And I just want to let everybody know that my Google certification courses are going to open very soon. So I have three online courses for each of the three certifications I just mentioned, level one, level two, and trainer. And um, those are going to open on November 20th, but only for two weeks. So you can only enroll between November 20th and midnight central time on December 4th. But if you are interested in any of those things, please go to getgooglecertified.com to learn more. And of course, we've got all of the links, links to the free webinar as well in our show notes. Yeah, absolutely. And Google certification was a huge step for me. So I know I know that's been really big for me. So if you want to get some details, this is a good way to do it. I just recently published a post that has been kind of going nuts. Um, I published this thing called the secret menu. That's in quotations, by the way for Google Slides, Docs, Drawings, and more. And I was kind of uh, inspired to write this post because recently my family and I were on vacation out in California and Nevada, and we went to the Grand Canyon, and we went to In-N-Out Burger for the very first time. And if you've ever had In-N-Out Burger or live near them, you may know about the almost like cult-like following that they that they seem to have. And... Um, I ordered my double-double and my fries and, you know, we ate and posted a picture on Facebook. And like hours later, I checked the comments and people were like, did you know there's a secret menu? Did you know you can get your fries animal style and like all of this stuff? And I'm going, no, I didn't know about that. And so I, I was thinking, what's the secret menu for Google Slides and Docs and Drawings? What are some of those things that people don't know are out there that, that maybe if they did know, they would use it? So I racked my brain, uh, scoured some of the things that I had found that other people had shared recently and came up with 10 things that I had never shared on the blog before. And um, it's uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And I'm betting that if you check it out, there's probably something there that you're not familiar with. So so definitely go check that out. We've got a link to that, of course, at our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 62. Well, that does it for episode 62. And thank you to all of you and the tribe that submitted some things. Even if you submitted some and we didn't get to it, we are so thankful for that and wish we could have gotten all of them onto the show. But this has been awfully fun to be able to hear your voices and to be able to answer some of your questions. And who knows, maybe we'll have another episode kind of like this in the future. So uh, do continue to stay in contact with us uh, through the GT Tribe hashtag on Twitter and at our website at googleteachertribe.com. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power. And may the Googles be with you.
Hey, producer Chris here. One last thing before we go. I had to really just confirm with Casey her actual thoughts on Microsoft PowerPoint. So Casey, how exactly do you really feel about Microsoft PowerPoint? Uh, I, 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 I like it. I'm not a super fan or anything. So, Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.